0: This is Denny Reese with Wonder Mag On Air, and you're listening to Episode 90. Can you believe we've met 90 times here on the air to have fun conversations and listen to some music and share some memories? You know what? It really has been a fun ride. I really enjoy being with you. And this week on our show, here in Grayville, Illinois, we have a hometown person who will be talking about some of his memories, as well as what he does at the American Legion now that he is the commander, and that is Jerry Horton. I talk with Jerry, and you can be listening to that interview here in just a few seconds. And also on this show, I'm going to be talking to Alexa Morgan. She's down in Key West, Florida, and she works for the Ernest Hemingway and Museum. You know, there was a recent documentary on PBS about Ernest Hemingway, a Ken Burns documentary. He does some very great work, and I've, I enjoyed it. I've seen a couple of the installments, and there's one more to go for me. So that's our show. We're going to have some songs along the way. And... We hope you all will stay tuned for Wonder Mag on Air, episode 90. got Jerry Horton here with me today. And Jerry Horton is a, now the commander of the Grayville Legion, which is James M. Helm, post 696, right, Jerry?
1: Yes, that's right.
0: And uh, you took over the commandership. ship. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit when you did that and everything, what's going on. Uh, the shape of the building on Mill Street is um, it's disturbing. Were you shocked when you saw how much our Legion had deteriorated, Jerry?
1: Yes, I and mean, we went, it took us a while to get the keys and go down there and find out what it was like, but right. it, it was just totally devastated. It water damage beyond repair, and uh, all the old pictures and uh which there were a lot like of a lot of,
0: lot of old antiques and pictures yeah. and guns yeah
1: all molded and yes it was it was it was heartbreaking to see it like that
0: yeah of course it was and of course you, you you had a long association with the legion
1: right i've been uh 25 years and uh you know i'm one of the one of the fewest in the years because we've gotten a lot which we got awards that I've got to hand out for a member members has been there seventy years and one's mm-hmm. been there fifty years.
0: And it, it that Legion I guess had been um, more or less inactive for a long time as far as you kept it kept yeah. kept the charter, which I'm glad you kept the charter because now you're trying to build it back.
1: Right. And I think a uh, quit going in the building in two thousand four, somewhere around that. Which is
0: a long time.
1: Yes it is. And uh, you know, it surprised me that uh, the members kept paying their dues with no place to
2: meet,
1: but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure glad they did.
0: Yeah, I am too. So, so what exactly led to you uh, becoming the commander?
1: Uh, Terry Haywood and Donnie Watkins come around. They said, hey, we're going to try to get the Legion going again so uh, you, know, you can show up and we meet on the second Tuesday of every month. At mm-hmm. five thirty, so I thought, "Yeah, I can go need an hour a month, you know." So mm-hmm. we got up there, and then they started talking about getting. Uh, now
0: you were meeting at the VFW at this time, right? Right, yeah.
1: right. We used the vfw's place, and uh we talked about getting officers and all that. So we got with the past commander, and you know, didn't get much help. So we went ahead and did it on our own, mm-hmm. and. Nobody wanted commander. I said, "Shoot, I'll take it. I don't care."
0: So, you did you have to go through uh like the main legion to get all this
1: right? Because uh, which our secretary, which is uh, Chris Hatcher, Great. he's yeah. also the district commander of the legion. So, mm-hmm. so he helped get everything lined out. So we had a uh, had an election and. I got the commander. So
0: how, how long is that for a year? Every year? You,
1: Every year. I think it
0: used to be in June. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's changed now.
1: It probably is. We're, we're still working on that. but uh, Because halfway through the term, the international asked us to go ahead and do it for another year. So mm-hmm. we, we we okayed that. And, uh, but we do have a election coming up pretty soon
0: so and then uh, from experience i imagine because uh, i've been on a lot of boards and i've been the governor of the moose and i'm you're not probably nobody's going to fight you for the for the, for the commander no, no, <laughs> no.
1: well you have about nine members show up now i wish there was more and I, I try to communicate with all the members and if we have anything i send out postcards to them and everything yeah. So you know it'd be better if we had our own building, but we don't at this time. Yeah.
0: You have a building but it's not it's not usable.
1: <clears throat> exactly.
0: So but if you completely you, you still have the property, but uh yep. you basically the building's not you just washed your hands of the building right.
1: We yes we have in a way, but we have put in uh for a grant yeah. to get the thing tore down and mm-hmm. a new one put up. Mm-hmm. But with this COVID, all that hit and stuff, press. it's put everybody. You know, they're, they're using that as an excuse they're, to drag their feet. There couldn't have been
0: a good time, but it happened at a very bad time. Same yes. Things things had started to kind of improve. We we thought, and then all this happened. But right, you you really kept you persevered. I've i come to one of your meetings a couple months ago, and 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 you're doing. We're going to talk about some things you're doing for the community. Right. But Jerry, for for people listening that may not know. Much about you or who you are. To, uh, tell us about your family and 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 your your life in Gravel. You you're a lifelong resident of Gravel, aren't you?
1: Lived here all my life except for the six years I was in the service.
0: And we want to talk about a little bit of that too. After after we talk about your family and you have a couple sons.
1: Yeah, I got two sons. Well, I married Frieda Robinson. She's a she was born in Texas and her family moved to Indiana. And I worked with her dad in the oil field. And mm-hmm. I aggravated him every time every time. I did something stupid, right now. <laughs> yeah. he was around to laugh at me, and I was aggravated. Well, yeah, you, are, yeah are you
0: saying you did you did something stupid, Jerry?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, really. <right. laughs> but uh, I aggravated him you know, about the I was go start dating your daughter, marry her, and he, yeah. But yeah, we've been married be forty one years in November, yeah. and we got two boys, JD, yeah.
0: which course, is JD. with the. Uh, He's on a great township now. He's on a great township. Chief supervisor, isn't he? Yep.
1: Yep. And, uh, Daniel, he's a sergeant in the National Guard. He works over at the armory. Oh, he does. And, uh, they're both married. JD married Mickey Jones, and they've got, Mm -hmm. give us three grandkids, Rebecca, and the twin boys, Will and Alex. Yeah. And Daniel married, uh, Casey, uh, I believe her maiden name was Barnett, and uh, they'd give us three grandkids, Evelyn. Yeah, where, the where, where do they live now, Jerry? Who? Where they live. They live at Wadesville. Wadesville. Okay. Yeah, he lives in, works in Evansville, and he just had, we got a, his last son would be a year old at the end of the month, mm-hmm. that's Benjamin, but... Uh,
0: JD, of course, was he. We've had him on the show. He he ran for mayor, and and uh, he he does a lot for the community, is Yeah. same as you do. Yeah.
1: yeah, he he's more into the political end than I am. Yes, you know? uh-huh. he knows all, that and he's got he knows people in Springfield and all. He
0: may decide one day that he wants to run for mayor. I, I I thought he had a good chance, and I supported him. Just wasn't the right time, I guess. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. it was just wrong time, but. Maybe he will again sometime.
0: So what was your main occupation, Jerry, for years? I know I used to drive a truck because I used to see you once in a while run into you different places.
1: All right, I drove a truck for 38 years, uh, 17 and a half Roundy's down in El Rago's.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Delivering groceries.
0: Delivering groceries, yeah.
1: And, <clears throat> you know, that, that hurt me whenever they closed that down due to the fact that uh, I did a lot of mom and pop stores. I did Pee Wee's Market or Mears Market yeah. in Carmi. I did Stewart's. Used in little, I used to do the little. I
0: used the little one in Enfield. I think you went to didn't you too?
1: Yeah, Doug's there at yeah. Enfield. Uh-huh. Yeah, and you know Doug got in with I guess with hooks. Yeah, so he's he's still in business, but ninety five percent of my customers I used to live through the mom and pops. They're they're gone. They're, they're gone. gone. They're gone yeah. yeah, they just could not. Uh, keep up and pay the price that they had to do to get the longer mm-hmm. distant groceries, you know, and just all the costs. But uh, they were some real good people.
0: And we talked about, you know, you said you would had, had gone to the military, so I wanted you to talk a little bit about your military background, Jerry, and what, what, uh, what time period were you in the service? Yeah.
1: I was there from 1972 to 1978.
0: So that would have been the Vietnam
1: era. The uh, Vietnam era, yes. And I was over at uh, Iwakuni, Japan, Fatima, Okinawa, and uh, Subic Bay, Philippines. And uh, went over there in August of 75. And, so one, uh, one,
0: you went, you was in there for one, what do they call it, term or one? One term, one, yeah. yeah.
1: At that time, every man was a lot was obligated six years of his life to the service uh-huh. country. So that's what I did. And now I think it's, it might be 10 now or eight. Yes, I thought talked to some soldiers. Well, that, was, no, that, that wasn't eight. the
0: draft though, was it? You weren't drafted? Did you, did you go on man
1: Me and Reggie Schoenheit, we went in. And we knew we wasn't going to college. And we said, well, we need to do something. So we're going to avoid the draft. Mm-hmm. So we signed up in April of 72. In May of 72, they did away with the grant, but it was too late. We'd not signed. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we went in October. It, we, was it the Army Marine Corps. Marines?
0: Marine Corps, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: Marine Corps. yeah. yeah we, we chose the best.
0: Yeah, and then of course, you uh, I guess you experienced you, you enjoyed your experience, yep. S- some of it, most of it, I'm sure.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, saw a lot of the work. We world. went in, oh, God, <laughs> we went in to Buddy Plant, mm-hmm. we were supposed to stay together. Well, since so we got through 13 weeks of boot camp, mm-hmm. I went to Jacksonville, Florida, he went to uh, Memphis, Tennessee. <laughs> I went to Cherry Point, North Carolina, he went to Beaufort, South Carolina. I went to Iwakuna, Japan, he went to Road to Spain. We never saw each other until we got, so got you, home.
0: you didn't see each other until you got back to Greggville, did you? That's
1: right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so, uh, but
1: yeah, I worked on, I was an electrician on the six intruder. Oh, right? really? uh, yeah. And the first outfit, which I wrote about in the last the last uh, Veterans Day, in the paper about losing some losing some comrades in, in arms, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a I hadn't been overseas a month, and my outfit VMAT two hundred two had a plane crash. Had one go down and killed all twenty six wow. soldiers on board, and you know, I was well acquainted with four of them, and, but it just, you know, something you got to get over with, we set over, and we, it, it was two weeks before they notified us on who who was in the, on the aircraft. So, but, I mean, you got, and we had good times in the, in the service, and those were one of the bad times whenever you lose, you lose friends and right. officers and comrades in arms, you know, it just
0: the Vietnam War was wrapping up at that time, I guess, sort of.
1: We pulled out in May of seventy-five, but we were still getting stuff out after that time. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so was,
0: You were there for some cleanup.
1: Yeah, we. I went over there. I don't even know where I went, but mm-hmm. we had to go get three planes because A six was a five million dollar aircraft. aircraft mm-hmm. Which well, that was a lot of money back then. Oh yeah. Now five million probably wouldn't even buy an engine. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we got out, and we got two planes out real quick. One plane we had trouble with, and stuff started blowing up everywhere. So we hit the pillbox, and when I was going in, I a rock or something hit me in the head, and, mm-hmm. you know, scratched me. Gunny, I had the same gunny there that did over
0: other than, that, were you, you, other than that, you weren't wounded during the, all your time there? Pardon? Were you wounded in, during your time there besides that?
1: Well, I don't call it wounded. Not really. wounded. Just a scratch. Just but, a scratch, yeah. But uh, Gunny, he was looking out the pillbox to see where they were at, and they scraped, and a piece of sand went and hit him mm-hmm. in the eye. Mm-hmm. So he fell back, and the corpsman got him and patched him up. and Just like it started, it ended. Mm-hmm. Well, we went out and we got the plane on. We set it off. We jumped on the C-130. We come back to the Philippines. And they took us up to the sick bay, and they, you know, they just <laughs> iodine and Band-Aid on me. They kept gunning. Next morning, we, I go to work. And staff Sergeant says, hey, Corporal Horton, you need the Colonel's office. I said, what for? He said, I don't know. I just follow orders, and you will to get up there. <laughs> I went in there and there guy was, his eye all patched up and everything, and I said, what's going on, Gunny? He said, I don't know. So we get called in the Colonel's office and he uh, tells us how brave a man we were and all that, mm-hmm. but since we was out, legally out in May, we wasn't entitled to Purple Heart and all and, uh, Colonel, it was just a scratch. And he said, well, you'd be surprised how many Purple horses given for paper cuts, sticks, because mm-hmm. the office help. Of their Some too. of
0: them want that. Yeah. You know, some, some a lot of, <laughs> of them don't care about the medals.
1: Yeah, because it, it gets me, because if you watch M.A.S.H., I thought we watch it all the time. Yeah. When Frank Burns got the Purple Harper actions, you know, shooting himself in the foot. <laughs> yeah. But, and it was just a nick, you yeah. know, yeah. but... I guess that happened in real life. Yeah. You know? But anyway, he told me I got a 96 hour pass from Manila. Mm-hmm. So I was up packing to go to Manila. And Gunny comes in. He says, Well, hey, Horton, we'll see you. I said, Where are you going? He said, States. I said, All right. <laughs> he said, No, I'm going as a civilian. And he had 16 and a half years then.
0: Wow. So they. He
1: like three and a half years getting his 20. So they years.
0: discharged him.
1: They said that the uh, Congress allowed the Marine Corps know there's no place in the Marine Corps for one-eyed gunner sergeant. So they gave him a malpractice <laughs> wow. charge.
0: So, did it, it, it actually put his eye out? Yeah, it did. Yeah, the, it, it s-
1: went right dead center. Of the the I mean, sand, just like a bull. Yeah, yeah just a piece of sand. I mean, wow, it, it, it's a freak.
0: Did you like, ever? And, did you keep in touch with him over the years or not?
1: No, no. So whatever happened to Johnny Hicks? He? he probably he was from Pennsylvania, but. Yeah. I'm sure he's long gone now.
0: Older than you, of course he was. In, oh era. yeah, yeah. Was, 18 years, you said.
1: Yeah, he was probably uh, he was late 30s, middle 30s, something like that. Have you
0: gone to any reunions or any kind of? No, I keep know.
1: looking in the Legion magazines or uh, for a 533. I got discharged from 533, VMAT, uh-huh. and uh, I keep looking in Legion magazines for the reunions. They haven't been there yet. Well, that was a weird thing. I got something weird. Okay. I'll leave it somewhere there. My son got me a A6 intruder. Just a little scale model of it. And uh, here it is. Nope, oh, this ain't it. I don't know that's, that's,
0: one, that's one of them. Okay, we'll take a quick break think, while Jerry yeah. looks for that. I want to mention another one of our sponsors, and, you know, we can never thank our sponsors enough because they're the ones that make this all possible. This one you may not have heard about too much, but you're going to be hearing about them on our show, and it's Outcast Airbrush and Graphics. They have two locations in Grayville and Alney. The Grayville number is 618-445-7976. In Alney, you can call 618 618- and they want me to meet you, tell you you're welcome to come into the coolest place on earth where imaginations run wild and ideas come to life. It's Outcast Airbrush and Graphics. They specialize in custom-made apparel and specialty tees. They take pride in what they do to bring you a good quality custom-made product from airbrush to graphic tees, cornhole boards, vinyl stickers, and so much more. You can stop in at either one of their locations. It's Outcast Airbrush and Graphics, 112 East North Street in Greyville, Illinois, 62844, of course, 618 445 7976. Or you can go to Outcast Airbrush and Graphics, 206 West Main Street in Albany, Illinois, 618 395 1340. And we thank them for all they do for us and all they do for you. So this model, Jerry, just uh, showing me here, I'll, I'll get a picture of it and get it on our, our website and Facebook so you folks can see it. But it's nice, Jerry.
2: Yeah,
1: that's the 86 Intruder. 86 Intruder. But one of the boys got me that for Christmas. And after unwrapping all the gifts, I got there and examining it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I said, did you order this special? They said, no, why? I said, this is the outfit that I was discharged from
0: did they not know that
1: no no they <laughs> did not know that. this is 533 they the,
0: so you rode in one of these the
1: squadron yeah. that i got yep. discharged from yep that's it
2: yep yeah.
1: and before i went overseas with 202 i was stationary i was stationed at 202 Uh uh-huh. i believe he's aren't you related to jody reynolds
0: yes she was my cousin my dad's cousin, <clears> first cousin <throat> yeah.
1: Okay, well, this man was your relation then, I was, uh, I believe it was in seventy, seventy four, 74 maybe. We got a new CO at 202 and it was Colonel Jerry Markle. Yeah. Jody Reynolds's cousin. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had a beer bash and uh, he, uh, we, he introduced himself to everybody and talked to everybody soldier in our outfit and i guess he had did his research on makeup he said hey he see you're from I said, yes well i was born there <laughs> i said really he said yeah and then he told me about jody david or jody reynolds and chuck and i said yes sir he said would you go to school well gary i said yeah he was a year ahead of me mm-hmm. i said it was a shame whenever he drowned you know he said yeah he said but I didn't know that until after, because well, he was a POW for uh, I think six years, mm-hmm. and he didn't know that until after he got out. But he, uh, when I got promoted from lance corporal to corporal, he uh, he was the man that that done, and I've got the papers in there,
0: mm-hmm.
1: enlistment. Or,
0: I, I didn't, I don't didn't know whatever happened to Jerry Marvel. I, 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 I,
1: he he lived, he retired, and he lived out in North Carolina. And I talked to Jody one time, and I asked her about him. And he went to Pensacola and got his physical. Mm-hmm. And on the way back, he stopped and got a hotel room and went to bed and never woke up.
0: Oh, I didn't know that.
1: Yep. I mean, it was a shame. He was a, he was a good man.
0: His mom and dad lived here, I guess, till they died. On, Did on, they? On Commerce Street. Yeah.
1: I didn't know that. Cause uh, well, he moved to Evansville mm-hmm. when he was a kid, but they moved back there. They
0: must have moved back, yeah.
1: I, did. yeah. I Didn't know that.
0: Dick Marvel and I'm not can't name can't recall his wife's name right at the moment, but
1: yeah, cause he used to tell. I had guard dude. I was poor from the guard. He he come around. And he was telling me about when he was over on um, mm-hmm. as a captain. And if you see where this is going, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel, yeah. <laughs> well, he had he, he was the uh, officer of the day. <laughs> and at night, he was going around checking his, and his guards and all, and he walks up and halt. Who goes there? Captain Marvel. <laughs> yeah, and I'm Captain America. Get on the deck. <laughs> he said, but the soldier was doing his job. Yeah, right. He said, I couldn't do nothing to laugh about it.
0: So we talked about, uh, you talked about that Grant, Jerry. Uh, so how, how do you guys find out about that Grant?
2: And-
1: well, that is thanks to Terry Haywood. He, I don't know if he got with David Jordan. Or how the subject was brought up, mm-hmm. but we had to do a lot of stuff in a short period of time to get qualified for that and yeah, you got
0: you've got deadlines on all those grants yeah. yeah,
1: and thanks to Terry and you know all the guys in the in the uh, post, we met the deadline, and now it's just a waiting game.
0: So, yeah, it's just uh, you don't know when they're going to let you know anything. As you said, everything. Last
1: I heard, Terry got with them, and uh, he said it might be in July,
0: July of this year, yeah.
1: And that's well, that's uh, that's 13 months since we filed.
0: Now you mentioned there's well,
1: another guy helping us out there, also from Grayville, Mike Gill. Mm-hmm. He works up there at Albany.
0: does he? Yep. Yeah. You mentioned uh, of course you, you, you some of the guys that's on the board with you on the Legion and Sherry Haywood.
1: He's the number two guy.
0: Don Watkins is
1: and Don is the number three guy. Mm-hmm. Then we got Chris. Chris Hatcher. He's a he yeah, Chris Hatcher. And uh, Steve Morgan, he's Sergeant of the Golf know Arms. Harold Miser is our historian. Mm-hmm. Don Baldwin is the preacher. And uh, all
0: And you guys meet uh, once a month.
1: Once a month at 5.30 on the second Tuesday of each month.
0: Using the VFW right now. For right.
1: Your... We are, and we're splitting the cost. We, know we don't, we want to pay our own way, so we're splitting the cost of the utilities every month.
0: And you were going, going to name some things you've done, with people you've donated to. and
1: Right. We, like well, I say, when we start, when we got took over, and got the checkbook we had 32 dollars <laughs> yeah we couldn't do much of that so. no not a lot so uh, we did a couple well we did a bucket uh bucket brigade up there at four-way stop because we had they were still charging us insurance on that building mm-hmm. so and we had to come up with $200. I plus thought you had, you had
0: a heck of a claim on that building. If, right. <laughs> if you ever turned <laughs> it in, if the insurance is paid up.
1: <laughs> exactly. And plus, we still had utilities. Yeah. So that's the first thing we did when I took over. We get, shut the utility off. Get, get those off turned off. And got everything paid off. And like I said, we had a bucket brigade, got the insurance paid, and. Uh, <coughs> then we had the money we said what we're we going to do we said, well let's help the community
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know and that that is one of the things that we that we're striving to do let people know we served our country
2: mm-hmm.
1: now we want to serve our community right and we want to help all we can that's
0: the that's the purpose of these clubs you know these yeah. in these little towns
1: exactly because you know we we don't have a bar and we don't mm-hmm. you know it, I don't know about the other way, but, you know, if I drink a beer, I'd drink it at the house, you know, and yeah. I don't, don't drink in front of my grandkids or all yeah. that. So, mm-hmm. but, you know, we want the kids out there to look at us and say, hey, you know, maybe we can be like them guys. And uh, we have donated money to the police because they had, they wanted some kind of new electronic equipment. Mm-hmm. We donated, made a donation to them. We made a donation to the library, uh, to Grayville beautification committee, the kids' closet at school, uh, the vets at the nursing home. We make donations up there so they get their haircuts and their soaps and deodorants and all that. Uh, this last month, and I did not know this until, uh, Oh, Charlie Carroll, he's also, he's a traitor. Okay. I forgot him, oh my God. <laughs> but uh, Charlie let me know that David Smith, the preacher at First Baptist Church, him and his family had been up there to grave, graveyard, cleaning the tombs and the, of the, uh, and the stones of the old veterans. Mm-hmm. And the stuff he uses is not cheap. So we made a donation to him.
0: To, yeah, but some some, was, the, some of those tombstones are just almost impossible to read. Right? I know, but that, there is, you know, like you said, there is a way they can clean them. Yep, yeah, so
1: that's them what readable. he's done. He bought the chemicals with our money, the money we donated to him. Mm-hmm. And you know, like I told, I believe because my kids, they were honored to help George Sullivan mm-hmm. and all all the people he had with him. Memorial Day and All Veterans Day, putting the flags on the, yeah, on the uh, tombs of the
0: which they still the do, yeah.
1: And George, he told my son, I believe there is some revolutionary soldiers buried up there from the 1700s, or the French and Indian War, or something. But there's some, there are some old veterans up there.
0: Oh, there are. There's a Revolutionary War veteran somewhere are in, the, they? In, the, in the old part. That's
1: why I thought he was yeah. what he said. But
0: good luck in finding it.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you know, a lot, lot, of, like, lot of Civil War. Yeah. They're just like our rifles we got. Yeah. We've got I think four or five from the Spanish American War. Mm-hmm. And they are a whole lot different than what I use. Oh, they now. at the
0: VFW now. Where yes, you, yeah. we
1: got them in there, okay. and we have got to. We've got to have a work day and get together, clean them up, see which ones work. Mm-hmm. Cause we're only allowed 15. Right now we've got about 24.
0: And some of them are probably not going to work.
1: Right. So we want to send the ones back. Mm-hmm. Well, the ones that don't work, we'll send them back. And hopefully someday we'll have an honor guard and we'll be able to do the, do the, um, last rise up there i uh, I,
0: uh year or two ago i was at the cemetery on memorial day and it was i think george's son was there taking the flag. he had put the flags up a few days earlier and was taking them down and
1: ron uh,
0: or him um uh, uh, this is not ronnie his son ronnie yeah and we talked and i said where's your help he said i'm it
1: yeah
0: i, I guess he had, was doing it by himself so i don't know who you talked to but if anybody listening, Memorial Day's coming up, they'll be putting flags in the cemetery. I don't know who you'd, who you'd talk to, but uh, I'm sure they could use some volunteers. Oh, yeah. Because that year he was doing it by himself. Yeah. One, and, and he, That's too much. He's an, too, so. yeah, he's an older man, too. Yeah, he's <laughs>
1: older older me.
0: But he he was de- definitely, uh, he, he said, I try not to miss a grave. He, I guess right. he must have a list or a map or something. Believe. Yeah. Well,
1: we used to do it with the uh, Cub it, Scouts and Boy Scouts. Mm-hmm.
0: Used to help. Of course, we used to you Well, they still put them in the cemetery, but years ago, where the library is now, they used to be, do put the crosses up. But right. that was a major job.
1: I don't, I don't <laughs> know why they quit that. But I've got my uncle's crosses downstairs. Oops, sorry. Are we back on? Yeah, we're going here? Okay. okay. One thing we're doing this year we haven't done in a long time. We're going to give uh, a, a senior some money for graduating, so. From the
0: school, high school, yeah. Yeah, well,
1: for a Legion Award, and same way with the eighth grader going into high school, we'll give them a cash award for Legion. And uh, we haven't done that for a long time. Hopefully, it'll keep growing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we have had so much help from the community, When we did our pork burger sales, that was something Steve Morgan came up with. And uh, this last time we had pork burgers and bratwurst, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and we raised over $2,000. It's by donation only. And this community is very generous. I mean, they just
0: very gen- them, we couldn't do anything. It's it's a really generous community, considering it's also a pretty hard hit economically. You know. It is. It?
1: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> shoot.
0: But they always come together to help people, don't they? Whenever somebody Yeah, they do,
1: and that's what's good about it. small community, small town. That's why I love this town. I mean, it, i have bend over backwards to do anything with to this town. But you know, there's good points and bad points, so. It's just like they uh, told me in the service. You know, you look over the bad point because, you know, if you got a bad officer, you salute the rank. You don't salute the person. Mm-hmm. And That's just like our community. You may not like the person. You're not saluting that person. You're saluting your community. And you're helping your community. So you don't need to harp on, you know, the bad points of some people.
0: Well, it's been nice talking with you, Jerry. We've been—we talked about getting together last winter, and you know, and then of yeah. everything's going to—you know but there's always, always time to jump in and help. And the American Legion has been a big, big part of this community. Almost lost it. We almost lost it, Jerry. Yes, we
1: did. I mean, it was a bad. It would have been a bad thing. Oh, that's another thing I forgot. Mm-hmm. We are supporting the American Legion ball team. I didn't know it, but it's out of Mount Carmel. Uh, it's Sid Gross's son-in-law, Shay Smith.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, I know him.
1: Okay, he's got the uh, Grayville American Legion Ball team going,
0: and you've got you're involved in that.
1: We're involved in that. Yeah, you know, like I told him, they have fundraisers. and' all. I said, hey, if you need any help? Give us a call. We'll come up and help you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we've, we've we're trying to get things back going again, and you know, nothing baseball. The American League of April, they're on like 17 in this district. Here
0: wow. we go should... again. Yeah,
1: great.
0: Jerry, if you anything else you want to add before we close, or if not, I want to close with a statement I wrote for you.
1: Yeah, well, I just keep helping us help the community. That's all I can, yeah. I've i got to say, you know. just And we appreciate everybody's help and everybody's income and everybody's support. So if you want to, want to
0: help, you can get a hold of Jerry Horton or one of the other guys you mentioned. Or, right, or any of us. Or come to one of the meetings, I guess, and sit yep. in.
1: Or well, you're welcome, anytime. Yeah.
0: So I want to say thank you, Jerry Horton, for your service to this country and for stepping up to help the James M. Helm American Legion remain a vital part of the community into the 21st century.
3: Send him before she see the news
0: I wanted to give you a snack shack update that's not so easy to say of course a lot of things not easy for me to say especially when i got to talk so fast but you know what we got to get it in so chip judge chip and michelle judge in grayville illinois down on Webb's ferry road of course you've heard about their business and it's even been on youtube someone was going around filming some unique places and he picked the snack shack because it is one of the most unique places you're ever going to find it's on pretty close to the Wabash River, and Chip he and Michelle, they have a lot of goodies in there. And it's designed on the honor system. You go in and you just pay what you can pay. Pay, pay what he, he, you know, got a box. They they have prices, I'm sorry. You don't just pay what you got to pay. But you, you do pay in a box. No one's usually there to take the money. It's on the honor system. And, you know, Chip's a good friend of mine. We went to school together, and, and I want to see the snack check continue on for a long time, as long as they want to have it going. He told me that he's going to be, uh, next month in May, he's going to be having strawberries, fresh strawberries. And of course, there's going to be a small window of time to get those. So we're going to keep you informed when they're ready. He wants to plant uh, pumpkins, cantaloupes, watermelons. He's got some big things in the store. And of course, I want you to stop in his store, the Snack Shack on Webbs Ferry Road, right outside of Grayville, Illinois. I want to talk to you for just a minute about our sponsorship ads, and we're doing things a little bit different now than what we've done in the past because my time is so limited, and I know everyone out there in the business community is hurting right now in these hard times. So we've come up with a deal I think anybody should be able to take advantage of. Uh, It's only going to cost you $20 a year and a business card. Yes, my overhead is pretty low, and I can do it right now at $20 and a business card. Now, this is going to get you some mention ads in rotation on our Wonder Mag on Air radio show, internet radio show, and also on our Facebook pages. We have two or three that we advertise our show on and different things going on within the Wandering Press. So, folks, I hope you can take advantage of this, and we're going to be talking about it from time to time on here because I really want to work with you, and I want to keep advertising some businesses and, and, and keep my show going because you know, I don't need a lot of money to keep it going, but I don't want to do it for free because... You know, my time's worth something, too. So, if you want to get a hold of us, you know how to do that. And if you don't, I'm going to tell you right now. You can just write to me. If you still like to write letters and send a check with it for $20 and a business card. Or, you know, it's Wandering Press, Post Office Box 153, Grayville, Illinois, 62844. That's Wandering Press, Post Office Box 153, Grayville, Illinois, 62844. Or you can call me, Denny Reese, at 618-375-1367. That's 618-375-1367. And I'll come see you, wherever you may be located. And you want to email me? Do that at wandermag2003 at yahoo.com. That's W-A-N-D-E-R-M-A-G 2003, the number, at yahoo.com. And I, I don't know... I'd like to keep this going for a long time because I think I can right now. I don't have, I'd like to build a studio someday and I probably will with your help and support. But right now, with all these hard times going on, I think this is the best deal we can do for you. $20 in a business card. We've already got some people signed up and you pay your $20, you're in for a year. We won't bother you. We won't call you and say, hey, we may want updates or want to know what's going on with your business if you want me to talk about something on the air I will but right now that's that's the way we're doing it $20 and a business card be a member be a sponsor of Wander Mag on air i glad to be talking to Alexa Morgan this morning and she is going to tell you who she is and where she works So the house and museum where you work is the one. Understanding where he lived in, right? He lived in Florida. Correct. And how? How? What years did he live there? Um, he came down to Key West
4: over um, in the late nineteen twenties, and him and Pauline purchased this home at nine hundred seven Whitehead and lived here for about ten years.
0: Okay, so this would have been like nineteen fifties. The thirties. Okay, so that far back. I I was somehow I watched a couple of uh, segments of the documentary, but I, I sort of got the time frame mixed up. Uh, do you know what specifically he wrote he was working on while he lived in Florida? Probably would have been someone for whom the bell tolls, right? Correct. But for bell, um, the green hills of Africa, snows of Kilimanjaro, have, have not. So those are some of his... Uh, not really later works, but um, but how long? You, you see, did you tell me he lived there about ten years? So he was about by the forties he left, sometime in the
2: forties. Yeah, at the end of the thirties
4: is when
0: him and Pauline uh, were getting divorced, and then he got with Martha Galloin. Oh yeah, the correspondent. Yeah, that's when he married her. Where where they? Did you know where they live? It is just travel around the world. In Cuba, okay. So that time Cuba was 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 okay to travel to. I think I read where they were going to film some. Some something wasn't this documentary, but they were going to go over there and film something in Cuba where Hemingway lived for some kind of a movie or documentary. Okay. Yeah. Probably. So you you uh, how long have you worked there, Alexa? was there anything that drew you to that, to that job or just, just was, was there anything that uh, particularly drove you to that, that job is in, interest in Hemingway? oh um, yeah i mean
4: being uh born and raised in key west hemingway was always a, a known uh, key west uh history for us
0: oh yes yeah. so you're, you're a native of the key west he well, said he was married to Pauline while he lived in Key West. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, that would have been his second wife, right? Correct. Do you know, do you know much about her I and mean, his relationship with those two? Uh, yeah, he met Pauline when
4: he was married with Hadley and they were living in Paris. Mm-hmm. And then from, the, from there uh, he got divorced with Hadley, got with Pauline. By the time they got over here to Key West to
0: of a car she was pregnant they bought a house and yeah, that's that so, is that the lady she, is that the one he had kids by he Had a couple sons by or three sons or one two sons wasn't he, it? He, he had one son with Hadley and then two sons with Pauline. okay i was surprised in watching that documentary to find that uh, one of them patrick is still living is he the only one yes that's that's what i would have thought he, he he would have to be Maybe ninety. Yeah, I'm not sure how old he but, but he looked he looked pretty good. I'm not sure when that was filmed. Right, yeah, I'm not I, sure either. I assume recently. Of course Ken Burns is he's he's known for taking his time and, and I, I thought it was an excellent documentary. We're gonna we're gonna ask you a little bit about that too. You are just like me, you said you you've seen the first two parts right now. But I might have skipped the question here. I wanted to ask you about what I get about Ernest Hemingway is he basically created a myth and that he was became our anyway. So how do you separate the man from the myth? What do you tell people when they ask you I about it? I think that's a lot of other people's opinions. I, he did live a very adventurous life. So that is who, that's what he did. He, 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 he lived life to its fullest with his travels. Oh, he sure did, yeah. So you don't you don't think that he was just tired of being here and steaming away and just wanted to be uh, settled down and I think no, that I, might have been what he did when he went to Idaho. Do you think? Uh, maybe that's just with age, you know. Yes, yes. he see, how old was he when he did finally pass away? I mean, yeah, and he was always, uh, you know, still hurting. He always had those injuries. And... Mm-hmm. I'm thinking yeah. he was he was early but he like early sixties when he when he uh, passed away. Of course we know we know how he, he committed suicide, but I mean he, I think it was yeah. in sixty one. That, that's when he passed, yes. Yes. I, I think he would have been I think he was born in eighteen ninety nine, so he would have been like early sixties. Yep. Yeah. That's what I thought. Okay. Well what's on display there at the museum? She did the full renovation with before they moved in
4: so she has the uh blown the glass blown she had the leaders hanging throughout the house mm-hmm. the top the imported tiles that she brought over for the bathrooms their original headboard and then in the writing studio we have displayed his one of many of his uh typewriters
0: okay so he he typed he used a I was it a manual typewriter? I guess. Yeah, Yeah, he was uh, quite a quite a writer. I mean, and then um, I just wondered what what would have been his. Uh, if you know, and maybe you don't know, I mean, you you, you mainly deal with the Key West home. i not just want people to think you're an expert on Hemingway, but I think you probably have studied his life. And I, I wondered what was his last book he that he wrote. I, I don't know myself. <laughs> if, you don't, if you don't know, that's fine. Yeah, I know one of the ones towards the end
4: was that he's most famous for is The Old Man in the Sea.
0: Yes, yes, a novella, wasn't it? Yeah, because that was in uh,
4: 1952.
0: He he won a he won a prize that was the Pulitzer Prize or something for that. Yes. Yeah, Very, yeah. yeah. he got the Pulitzer Prize in uh, 1953. It had been filmed about three, three or four times, which is... Uh, it's a very good i'd like to you know spencer tracy version anthony quinn made a version uh it's t- sort of unusual because it's basically almost got, it's not really a one-man uh, show but it's it's a lot of it is when he's out he's just out in, in the ocean trying to catch this big fish you know yeah. but it's just so well drawn and well written i want to tell us what, while i got you on the line and people always ask this and i know there's supposed to be some descendants left there in key west at that home of the the famous six-toed cats yes
2: so he, he was always an animal lover mm-hmm.
4: he, he was always an animal lover but um and always had you know was feeding cats he was his boys were gifted a kitten uh, that they named snow white and throughout the time of living here you know his mm-hmm. famous one of his famous lines was
2: you know one cat just leads to another yeah <laughs> and just keep that going with our pets today um
0: we have 60 on property wow and then they're they all carry the polydactyl gene but only about half show it mm-hmm. so these are just, just they just roam around the uh, grounds yeah yeah sounds very interesting and then and then of course I want to ask you about the uh you're back open to the public now. Yes, we are. And how much does uh, it cost someone who wants to go through the museum?
4: It is $16 per adult to uh, visit us on property. Maybe. Um, so we're, we're an acre of property. They can uh, do a guided tour or they can do self-guided and
0: they can enjoy all the garden area, the outside of the home, inside of the home, check out the writing studio, the pool, um, and of course, visit our bookstore. Now you talked about, you grew up in, in Key West and talked about how big a presence Hemingway was. Uh, how much do you think still lingers over there today? Is he still sort of revered? And, and people say this is where Kim Hemingway lived. Oh, absolutely.
4: Yeah, he still has uh, very much of a following and a
0: presence here in Key West. I would have thought so. I've never visited there. That's, what, that's on my list of places to go to so i'm gonna yeah. let, I'm going to ask you one more question and let you go because I know you're at the office and you're busy. I really appreciate you taking time to talk oh, to me no, yeah, thank you. What, what what did you you saw two two segments which is kind of strange. that's all I have seen so far, but I'm going to watch the third. So what did you think of the PC, PBS documentary do you well, Do you know if any of it was filmed there?
4: So uh, none of it that we know was filmed
0: here mm hmm A lot of archival footage looked like, yeah. Yeah, so um, it was very interesting. I think it's a, a different view of how typical we see things, but mm-hmm. it, you know, it was entertaining. Yes, it was, and hopefully, you know, I mean, I don't know if Hemingway, his name, ever really goes out of style across the United States and all the world, but uh, it may bring it back. For some younger people who don't oh, know absolutely. don't know a lot about Ernest Hemingway, right? Absolutely. He was um, a keep our literature alive. He was wounded in the in World War One as an ambulance driver, and then he he lived in Paris after that, where he I guess really started getting serious about writing. Yep. And then um, from there he he published his first well that was his first book wasn't A Farewell to Arms but that was the first major book wasn't it the sun also also rises might have been before that yeah it was a sun the sun also rises so. i always think of that as a big as a major book but i guess it really wasn't compared to a farewell to arms yeah and then he he, he wrote a lot of magazine articles and uh yeah and a lot of short stories short stories yeah and then of course, the one of his one you said he worked on while he lived in Florida would have been for whom the bell tolls, which is another ma- major work. And people who don't know anything about the book or story have heard that title, right? Absolutely. And he also wrote a you know he was a, he went to Africa quite a bit and, and and he wrote stories about safaris and and you mentioned the snows of Kilimanjaro, which was a was it was that a short story? yeah I thought it was but it maybe he made a movie out of that too with Gregory Peck Just a, like more of the well-known short stories. yeah just really really interesting you know and probably you know he's I have to say one of the ones who inspired me to become a writer and he's he's also from Illinois where I'm from from and um uh, I heard about this museum. I also tried to call the Boyhood home in Oak Park, Illinois. And I, can't, I haven't been able to get anybody up there yet. We're going to try again and see what they do up there to keep his memory alive. And how far away is that from you? It's up near Chicago. It's about six hours. Oh, wow. Okay. So, but hopefully I'll get there too. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'll let you go. It's been nice talking with you. And uh, are you, or what do you do? With, are you a... Uh, at the museum to walk people through, or they just sort of go on their own? Yeah, so they could do either. They can get
4: with uh, one of our guides and do a guided tour, or they can do
0: self-guided. Okay, well, it's been great speaking with you today, and, and hope everything keeps going. And, and of course, you've got definitely Ernest Hemingway. is always going to be alive in Key West. All right, absolutely. All right, you take care. You do. Thank you very much. Yes. <laughs> Hard Livingston gets to the heart of the matter, and here he is again with Jimmy Bubbett this time, and there's still a lot of magic in Key West.
3: Can you imagine awesome did beyond when he laid eyes on the paradise it's to move on?
0: Islands in the Stream was the first of Hemingway's posthumous novels. It was published in 1970, although parts of it was published in 1951. It was originally going to be three different books, a trilogy, but it was all uh, sort of pinned down to this one book, Islands in the Stream. And, of course, that is a famous song. There was a movie made in 1977 starring George C. Scott, and that's sort of an interesting movie if you can catch that. And he sort of portrays Hemingway in that film. And I don't know if this song was inspired by that or not, but since we're talking about Hemingway today and playing some of his songs, at least songs connected to him, I thought we'd include it. Here's Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton. <laughs> Someone had asked us if we might uh, do something about Marty Robbins someday. Well, I can't interview Marty because he left us in 1982. But I have found that his son, Ronnie Robbins, is a very talented musician in his own right. And he runs Marty Robbins Enterprises down in Brentwood, Tennessee. I called down there and left a message. And hopefully he'll get back to me because I'd love to have him on the show and talk to him about his life, his career, and, of course, his famous father's. So we're going to close out since we talked about Ernest Hemingway today. And... um, a lot of things about writing, and of course Marty Robbins, someone's wanted to hear rob Marty Robbins, so we're gonna tie it all together and end with a Marty Robbins song that could have something to do about writing if you read between the lines the story of my life. Take care.
3: Someday I'm gonna write the story of